talking to something are we going to go straight to the altar call and somebody's going to get what they're coming to God what they came in here believing God for hallelujah amen 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 I, I appreciate everything and all the worship that amen we were able to give unto the Lord amen glory to your name there are gifts that are being released right now in this house hallelujah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah you might as well speak to them right now there are healings and miracles that are being released in this house right now. Yeah, because there is an expectation. There is an understanding of the trust that we have in the name of Jesus. That's right, that's right. Breaches are being repaired right now in this house, in your family and in your natural man. Glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the Lord. Glory to your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Ah, hallelujah. 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 Why don't you lift your hands just one more time in this house? It's all right to just disrupt things this morning. Come on, come on. Come on. Where his spirit is, there is liberty. Where his spirit is, there is liberty. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and break up it right now. Come on, go ahead and break the order of the service right now. If you are in need of something, go ahead and break the order of the service right now. Just lift your voice and begin to cry out to him. Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. Cry out to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you're one praise away right now. Come on, you're one praise away right now. Come on, you're one hallelujah away right now. You're one thank you, Jesus, away right now. Come on, let your praises be heard on high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, let your praises be heard on high right now. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In just a short while, in just a short while, the presence of the Lord is going to be manifested, manifested here again, just like it was just now. Don't miss your opportunity. We're going to minister the word of the Lord for a short period. I just need a couple of y'all to just give me five minutes. How many of y'all will just give me five minutes? That's all I need. Five minutes. Five. Keep your hands up. Ten, 15, 20. That's, that's all I need. That's all I need. That's all I need. 25, 30. Amen. 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 I, I, uh. My goodness, the Lord is heavy here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. To all of our guests that are here today, we thank you on behalf of our pastor. Let's give all of our guests a, a hand of appreciation for being here today. Amen. If there is a guest near you, why don't you just reach over and shake their hand. Amen. If a guest is near you, and just thank them. Thank them. If you haven't seen them before, amen, just say thank you for being here today. I may not have seen you before, but I appreciate you being here today near me. Because your praise alone is blessing me, and we thank you for being here. You only come once as a guest. And then after that, like our pastor tells us, we just claim you as our family. So, man, when we show up for dinner, show up for lunch, you know, just, just introduce us. That's, that's my family from First Apostolic Church. I came one time as a guest, and let me tell you something. They mean what they say. We just adopt you as our family. So when we start showing up asking for sugar, just say, that's, that's just family. That's just family. That's just family. Amen. So we, we appreciate that. 
we appreciate also our favorite Texan being in the house today. Brother Joel Heath, raise your hand today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, sir. Amen. Him and his wife, uh, Stephanie, we appreciate them. And I'm looking forward to the message that Pastor uh, preaches come this February Super Bowl. You know, uh, uh, you know, because it's going to be, I'm letting you know right now, it's going to be Texans versus whoever's in the NFC, you know. Because you know it's going to happen. I'm telling you right now it's going to happen. Amen. Amen. I, I, I tell you what, I've never rooted so hard for a Texan this past playoff uh, series as I have for my brother and his team this past year. Amen. So we're certainly looking forward to that Super Bowl com competition uh, coming up. I speak by faith in Jesus' name. <laughs> Y'all think I'm playing. Y'all think I'm playing. I want the blessings of the Lord to be upon the Texans, to be upon my brother Joel Heath. Amen. Who is certainly representing apostolic truth. Amen. A true believer in the house of God. We certainly appreciate that. Amen. Also, uh, many of you that came out, uh, for you all that came out yesterday for our Exploring God's Word Bible study. Yesterday from 1230 to uh, 145 it was held. Let me tell you something. We had an awesome time in God. I really appreciate everyone that came out. And we are going to continue that for 12 weeks. However, this upcoming weekend is Memorial Day weekend. Uh, so they, they assured me that they would not be there, uh, those that came yesterday. Uh, and if I decided to show up, you know, just turn, look in the mirror, and teach yourself. That's, that's what they said. They didn't really say that. But um, So next weekend, next Saturday, we're not going to have our, our sowing seeds uh, ministry, uh, teaching the Bible study, exploring God's word. We're going to postpone that until the following Saturday. Now, I'm looking at many people that are home Bible study teachers and love the teaching of the Word of God and love Bible study. How many love Bible study and the teaching of the Word of God? Amen. 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 So we want to certainly uh, invite you to attend that and also to bring a friend. Amen. Because we, we I tell you what, when you, when you start teaching Bible studies and going through the Word of the Lord, let me tell you something. There's nothing greater than learning the Word of God. Nothing greater than learning the Word of God. In fact, uh, last Monday night, Brother Brandon Jordan uh, Sister uh, Adrian uh, Fraser and her son Julian. Amen. We met here at the church for a Bible study on Monday night. Uh, little Julian, a sixth grader, wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So, you know, my, my, my way of teaching it is through Bible study. And uh, so we met here at 6 o'clock and uh, probably, you know, maybe 45 minutes to an hour, we taught the Bible study. And immediately after the Bible study, we prayed for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the Lord filled little Julian with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Right there in that fellowship hall. That's why we love Bible studies. I, I love what believers do. You know, you don't just live in the house of God. You take the church wherever you go. Glory to your name, somebody. So we thank God for that. Thank you, worship team. We, we appreciate it. I, I would sing with you today, but my name is now Joel Urshan. He's in Germany. Amen. So we want to certainly uh, lift up our pastor as he's ministering in Germany. Many of you may have seen uh, several of the Facebook clips of him over there. So, man, I tell you what, we are so thankful for his leadership. Come on, let's give our pastor a big hand. Amen. His family, his wife, his daughters. Amen. Our elders, brother and sister Enos. Amen. Our bishop. Amen. We, we certainly appreciate all that they are doing in the kingdom. And, and I want you to know, I want you to know that the way that we are looking today, we are not going to look this way forever. That new building going up, come on somebody, that new building going up, hey man, Cincinnati is going to see an expression of God like they've never seen before on this earth. Ha. Ah. Cincinnati is going to see it. 
Amen. And we have an opportunity to participate, amen, in the expansion of the kingdom here at this location. So I'm truly thankful for that and all that the blessings of the Lord, uh, all that the Lord is doing uh, in our lives and in, in First Apostolic Church. We want to turn to the word of the Lord today, to the book of John, chapter 4. Chapter 4, the book of John, chapter 4. And we're going to begin reading. Uh, I'm going to try to break it up because it is quite a, quite a long reading. Uh, I don't want you to feel like you have to stand too long because it's, it's 54 verses. Ooh, did you hear that? <laughs> y'all going to be standing three seconds, 30 seconds. I'm going to be standing about 30. How many minutes did y'all give me? 25, 30, 50, 45? Amen. Amen. So we're not going to read all 54, but we are going to read uh, some content here. Uh, so let us begin. Look at verse 1. <clears throat> In John chapter 4, verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, he left again and departed again unto Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the partial ground that Jacob gave to his, his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being weary with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink, for her disciples are gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How was it that thou, being a Jew, Ask if they drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me the drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee. What kind of waters are those? Anybody here thirsting for those living waters today? Living waters. Then a woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From which thou hast thou that? living water. Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us his well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drink of this water shall do what? Thirst again. But whosoever drink of the water that I shall give him, the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Then the woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Everybody say, I thirst not. Neither come hither to draw. I want to stop right there for our reading and for the text that we're going to be teaching and ministering on today. And I would like to just minister to you, with you, from this topic, enough is enough. Enough is enough. Glory to your name. Uh, pray with me right now as we ask the Lord's blessings upon the remaining portion service. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the privilege, the opportunity. We thank you, Father, for what you are opening up to us right now. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing us, Father, as your people to be gathered together here in Cincinnati this very day of May 2017, Father, to hear what you are going to declare unto us. And God, I ask now in the name of Jesus that you will bless us, Father. Help me pray somebody. I ask right now, Father, that you would look upon our lives, God, and enable us to hear what you desire, Father, for us to hear. Enable us to receive what you desire for us to receive. Hey, God, let the windows of heaven be open right now, Father. 
And God, a release upon your people. Oh, yeah, God, blessings. Release upon your people faith. Release upon your people right now an anointing, God, that would break every yoke, Father, and freely, Lord, enable us, Lord God, to apply this word into our heart. As God, your word declares unto us that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by your word. We stand right now, God, receiving of your promises today in the name of Jesus. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There are moments, there are moments when you have, <clears throat> I would say that, that transparency or that, that time where you would like to be transparent. However, you don't want to be transparent, but you want to convey the understanding that, that sometimes believers are challenged. Somebody say amen. amen. Sometimes believers are challenged. There are times when even within the Christian community that we may feel that preachers are never challenged. We have a tendency to, to elevate uh, men and women, those preachers and teachers, speakers of the gospel, uh, to a place almost, almost uh, that's extinct that doesn't reveal that men and women, preachers of the gospel, have, have challenges. Those challenges are, are meant to be overcome. Sometimes we have a tendency to, to look at them almost through that, through that glass house, so to speak, where uh, they are immune from, from certain aspects of those challenges that, that you and I face uh, week in and week out, oftentimes. This is one of, one of those moments where I, I feel to be transparent with you because I feel that uh, in order to convey this message, I, I want you to understand that everybody has a challenge. Everybody has a challenge. Uh, nonetheless, we serve a God that is able to do all things. So even in the midst of your challenge, that, that we serve a God that's able to make his will and word abound towards us in a great fashion so that his will is ultimately done. Um, I say that, I don't know if you have that soap opera mentality now because I'd said transparent and I revealed that we have challenges. So now everybody said, uh-oh, here comes drama. <laughs> no, it's not the young and the restless or anything like that, but it's, it's, it's one of those moments where I feel to, to share with you that all week long, I was, I was praying and fasting, seeking the face of God, and I was in the midst of a struggle, in the midst of a challenge. I could not find the answer, I could not find the direction Got up last night, praying, round 12, stayed up. Lord, I'm seeking the face of God for the will and for your will in the service. And as, as, I, as I was doing that, I, was, I, I had a direction. In fact, I was going to minister to you uh, today from this, from this topic. Things, <clears throat> the kingdom and things out of John chapter 3, verse 36. It says that, uh, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So I was going to minister to you from a, a thought or a topic the kingdom and, and these things. And I think that it would have blessed you because anytime you start talking about the kingdom, you're talking about the nature and the promises of God. How do you reflect the kingdom? And I, and I, and I felt that, but I didn't feel like that was the release I was, I was wanting to. So I, I mean, when I mean I struggled, I struggled all the way till this morning just trying to find the direction, the direction of God. And, and as I opened up the word of the Lord this morning, 
I, I felt a release when I referred back to something that my elders had shared with me, that any time that, that you're struggling, you can't find the mind of God, and, and uh, you, you, you know, sometimes we feel this pressure to be something, especially uh, when you're preaching behind our pastor, uh, you, you just, man, you know you got to bring it when you come. Somebody say man, you know. This, this ain't no house where you just, you know, you just can't, you know, you know what I'm saying, you know, you get up there, you better preach because our pastor preaches. So, you know, y'all put the pressure on everybody that comes up here. So you expecting preaching. I ain't expecting excuses. Don't tell me how, how many flat tires you had. Don't tell me what went wrong this week. You get up there, you preach because that's where pastor put you, amen, this week. So, so we're going to preach. We're going to preach. But uh, uh, I refer back upon something that an elder said to me some time ago that when you hit those those, those struggles, matter of fact, the same elder that said it to me, said it to Brother Kelly, uh, that when you hit those struggles, always go back to the thing that you know God has called you to do, and that's teach Bible studies. <laughs> teach Bible studies. So, so I was reflecting on this, and, and, and so we're going to go into the word of the Lord, but I want you to understand something, that, that Jesus is teaching us something about this, this woman that is at the well. Now, you may not uh, often identify it as a, as a male or uh, uh, somebody who has never had those type of struggles, but, but the fact of the matter remains that all of us will have some aspect of a trouble, of a, of a dilemma that's, that's hitting our lives. And the reason that we know that is because that when the Bible tells us that when God placed man into the garden, he provided man with, with everything that man needed. He provided man with that, that plush atmosphere, and he provided man with all the vegetation. He provided man with that greenhouse effect that had never rained before. So uh, the Bible tells us a mist went up from the earth. So it was, it was, it was like living in Jamaica, Brother Eccleston. It was like, you know, just being in that right place, maybe even Hawaii, you know, someplace like that. But it was that, that tropical environment, that, that blessed atmosphere where, where everything is provided, and, and when everything is provided, sometimes you tend to take things for granted because we all face those type of challenges. It was, it was an environment where, where he had the best of vegetation, you know, uh, the biggest and juiciest mangoes that he can possibly eat, you know, the, the, the biggest and juiciest oranges that, that he can possibly have, you know. I, I don't know if they had uh, wood to burn fire, but I can just imagine if there were collard greens in the garden, I promise you they had the best collard greens that... That they could possibly have uh, because you got to think about it when God makes a garden man he makes the best and he provides the best for his people but they found themselves uh, I would say in a sense you know uh, not being as considerate of the blessings that the Lord had bestowed upon them and and you know the story that that they fail and and, and when they failed, Pastor had taught us in uh, the last couple of weeks or so that, that when sin came, sin did not come by itself. Sin never travels by itself. He taught us that, that death came by sin and, and the grave came by sin and hell came by sin. So, so sin never travels alone. It never travels alone, but sin is manifested in a person's life in, in various ways, in different ways. We don't always look the same as, as sinners. I know I didn't, I didn't look like some of you all that are in here right now uh, by virtue of our environment. You did not look like I did uh, then, you know, because uh, we came up differently. But David gives us an understanding uh, concerning the plight of, of sinners, concerning the plight of those that are, that are seeking God. David said in Psalms 51, uh, verse 5 and 6, he says, Behold, I was, I was shapen in iniquity. And he said, And in sin did my mother conceive me. So, so David is telling us, even early on, uh, that there were some challenges that even he faced as a man of God. 
I'm talking about that, that giant killer. He faced challenges. That, that lion killer, he faced, he faced some challenges. That bear killer, he faced some challenges. So David is, is letting us know that in that environment that I grew up in, there was something that was being dictated to me that I had no idea that it was being dictated it, and it shaped my values and it shaped my morals and it, and it caused me to look at life in a different way because iniquity was shaping in me, was causing me to, to view life not through the promises of God. It was, it was causing me to view life not through the, the prophetic promises or the prophetic word of God, but it was, it was causing me to view life through my, my community or through my, my environment or through my culture. And it is the same thing that is, that is taking place today. When we listen to the news or radio or uh, read the newspaper, we see all over the land, all over the nation, even the world at this point, that there are certain things that are being dictated in some communities that aren't being manifested in others because there are certain aspects of iniquity that's being, being shaped now in that environment, being shaped now in that culture, and being shaped now in that, in that community. But nonetheless, here is the promise. The promise is this in verse 6. He says this, but thou, speaking of the Lord himself, he says, thou desires truth. Where at? On the inward parts. And he says, in the hidden parts, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. This is what's so powerful about receiving a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Here in just a few weeks, I feel God right now. Here in just a few weeks, we're going to be celebrating Pentecost. Oh, my goodness. And I pray that at least everyone that has gone through the home Bible study workshop, I pray that you use that Bible study, your Pentecost experience, and you bring somebody to the house of God that day. Amen. That's right. Everybody who had at least attended that workshop ought to be clapping your hands right now. Bring somebody to the house of God that day because here is, here is the truth of that aspect. That once we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, everything that took place in my community, it may reside in me, but now I have power over it. Everything that was dictated to me in my environment, it may still be in me, but I have power over it. Everything that was dictated to me or shown me in my culture, it may still be in me, but I have, everybody say power. I have power over it. This is why it's so important that we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost gives us power. He gives us that ability. It gives us that strength. It gives us that meaning. It gives us that way to overcome every challenge, every issue, every circumstance that a believer could face because we have power. Everybody say power. power. Glory residing in our lives. So, so here, is, here is the understanding. When, when Jesus begins to minister, uh, to this woman at the well. She's in a, a unique circumstance. It was certainly her culture. It was certainly her community that, would, that began to teach her some things, that began to show her some things, and maybe even was the thing that she invoked upon herself. Because as I said, sin is manifested in our lives in, in various ways, but sin is sin nonetheless. So here this woman found herself at a location that Jesus was journeying to. And this is what's so powerful about this. The Bible tells us that Jesus is on his journey, and he was leaving one location. He says, I must needs go through, through Samaria. Now, now, interesting enough, when he makes that statement, he's telling us something about Samaria that I think is important for us to know this morning. Jesus is going to a place, first of all, where there was a need. Everybody say need. 
He was going to a place where there was a need. And oftentimes, even as believers, you and I ourselves feel a compulsion or feel a drive to go to a certain location, but we have no idea why I'm going to that location. But I want to encourage you to obey, obey the voice of God because I promise you God is desiring to show himself strong some way on your behalf if you would listen. So here Jesus is going to the city of Samaria. Now, Samaria was a city that's, that's an interesting location in itself. It wasn't convenient. It wasn't like two blocks away. You know, if I were to say, come on, everybody, let's go, let's go to Domino's. You know, you would say, oh, man, okay, that's cool. Let's, we're going to Domino's. That's not too far away. If I, if I were to say, okay, come on, everybody, let's go, let's go to Carabas. You know, we all came here in motor vehicles, and, and we probably will leave in a motor vehicle. And that's, that's not too far away. We'll all go to Carabas. That's, that's, that's a good place to go. Well, you know, during this time and culture, they, had, they didn't have, you know, the, the twin engines. They didn't have, you know, that, that 350 twin header. You know, they, they didn't have things like that. So they had to journey in an inconvenient manner simply to fulfill the will of God, to arrive on location. So they got together, him and his disciples, and they journeyed to the city of Samaria. And here's another thing that's rather interesting about Samaria. It was a mountainous range, so they had to do some climbing. You know how it is. If you ever ran a marathon, and certainly if you ever in NFL training or any type of athletic training, you know that sometimes they make you run up hills and you run down hills. Make you run up hills and you run down hills. Well, you know, back in Germany, you know, I played, you know, tried out with the Air Force, made the team, you know, being as robust and as talented as I was. I wasn't quite like our brother Joel over there, you know, but, but you know, I was okay. And one of the things they had us doing over at Ramsign Air Force Base was running up hills. And I'm saying, man, we ain't running up no hills in no football game. Everything is flat. Nonetheless, they made us run up hills because they wanted us to build up indoors. But it was inconvenient. So here Jesus and his disciples is journeying to this city of Samaria, this, this mountainous range, to the city of Sychar, the Bible tells us. Now, now in Greek, Sychar means, means falsehood. It means falsehood. And in, in, in Hebrew, sidechart means, it, it, it has a, has a, a different, different definition that, that makes us realize that, that there are some challenges that Jesus was walking into. He was walking into. So sidechart, in, in Hebrew, it means intoxication. So, so here Jesus was, was leaving one location, and he was going to another, to, to a place that's defined by falsehood, to a place that's defined by intoxication, to minister to this woman at the well. Now, now here it is now. This lady is at the well and she has, she has these challenges. Her challenges are simply reflected in her choices, but her challenges keeps repeating itself over and over and over again. There, there are some circumstances, some people that you and I know that seem to be trapped in the same cycle of repetition. It just seems like the moment you give them one blessing financially, they're in need of another. It just seems as you, when you give them one tank of gas, amen, they are in need of another. It seems as when you show up at the hospital ministering and counsel, they're in need of another. It seems that when you show up at the house to minister to them and their husband, the kids, everybody's cutting up, you get everything together, there, there's peace now in the home. Hey, man, a week later, it seems to be manifesting itself again because there is another. So, so this lady found herself, glory to God, in a repeated cycle. This repeated cycle was not the drugs. This, this repeated cycle was not, was not the alcohol. This repeated cycle was something that, that all of us find ourselves engaged in at some point and period in time. So Jesus journeys to this city. 
He journeys to this inconvenient place. He journeys to this mountainous range. He journeys to this place of falsehood. He journeys to this place of intoxication. And he journeys there for what? To destroy the works of the enemy. Because there are some of us in here today right now that are so intoxicated with the environment that we live in, we continue to repeat it over and over and over again. We look at the word that's being preached, but we don't always respond to it because we are so embedded in that environment. But I want you to know here today that the Lord Jesus Christ is here to break up that follow ground. He's here today to destroy the works of the enemy. And if you would adhere to the promises of God, you're going to walk out here today with some power in your life. So here's what he does. Jesus arrives at this location and he never challenges this woman or exposes what this woman is using to substitute for deliverance in her life. You know, for, for, for me, you know, it was, it was one thing. And, you know, I, I want to be transparent, but I want to stay your friend too. Because if this was testimony service, we would all be able to, to testify of, of something that was a vice in our lives that, that, that we hung on to probably a little longer than what we, what we should have. So here now, this woman is hanging on to something because she feels she has the answer. You ever felt that way? You ever felt as if you had the answer? As if you knew exactly how some things were to be? As if you knew, like, man, I look, if I just keep doing this, someday it's going to get better. And I know that I may be wrong right now, but one day it is, it, it is going to get better. So here now, when the Lord arrives here, he arrives here and, and he, he does something that, that is unique to me uh, uh, because he talks to this woman. He talks to this woman, but he talks to this woman because he understood that there was something in her heart that was crying out for a relationship with God. Something that was desiring to be different than what she was that day before. Something that wanted to be free from the thing that she had become intoxicated with. In her life, it was, it was a relationship. Now, you have to understand something that when Jesus began to minister to this woman, it's something, something very powerful. Because the first thing he told her was this, give me a drink of water. Unique within itself, nothing too complicated about that. They were cultural difference, but nonetheless, she seemed to be even willing to entertain the, the, the conversation of giving Jesus a drink of water. So when Jesus asked her a drink of water, and she says, Lord, wait a minute now. How is it that you, being a Jew, ask her to drink of water of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans? And here's what happened. Anytime you've gone through any type of hurt, you know what happens? When somebody begins to try to help you, you put up walls. You begin to put up some sort of separation between you and that, that person is trying to minister, that's trying to, trying to help, trying to aid. So, you know, I'm trying to reach for you, but, but there's this wall that's there. Every, every time I reach for you, you give me an excuse of, of why you can't come to the Bible study. Every, every time I reach for you, you tell me that, that you got to work tonight. Every time I reach for you, come on, somebody. Every, every, every time I reach for you, you you're telling me something's going on in, in, in your life. You're telling me that, that, that you, this is what the woman was telling the Lord. Lord, I, I, I know what you're talking about. I know what, what you're saying, but, but you have no issues. You have no, no real reason of talking to me right now because you are, you are a Jew. And, and, and I stated earlier on that, that don't you know that Jesus does not care about your ethnicity or your culture? All you need to know is that in my life there is a need. That's all you need to know, that in my life there is a need. So when this need appears and when she begins to speak to the Lord, all of a sudden she throws up these walls, but then Jesus pushed past those walls. He pushed past those setbacks. He pushed past those dilemmas, those excuses. And he says to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that saith unto thee, you would have asked of him and he would have given thee a drink. 
Then the woman got out. She says, hey, wait a minute now. The well is deep and you don't have anything to draw with. Are you greater than our father Jacob and his sons, which gave us this well also and drink thereof? And Jesus said this, whosoever drink of this water shall do something that everybody and every one of us does. You're going to go into thirst again. Everybody say thirst again. Yeah, I, I can tell it's a little different today. We're teaching right now. and You're used to preaching, so just bear with me. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Hey, man, so, so now he has her attention. And here now I have your attention because some of us come into this environment day in and day out, week in and week out, but nonetheless we walk out of here without the promises of God. I want you to know you don't have to wait till a couple weeks on Pentecost Sunday. You don't have to wait till the next Bible study taught on the Holy Ghost. You could receive the Holy Ghost right now, right here today. Hey man, if you would reach for those waters that the Lord is offering unto you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So here we go now. So as she asked him, Lord, you, if I drink of this water, I'm going to thirst again. And Jesus said that the waters that I give you, they shall be in you wells of water, springing up into everlasting life. And if you drink of the waters that I will give you, you will not come hither, neither will you have, have to come hither to draw. And so when she did that, when, when, when the Lord stated that to her, he put her on blast at that moment because it was strictly a volunteer environment. He said to her at that moment, go call your husband. Go call the thing that you have been using as an excuse. Go call your culture that you've been using as an excuse. Go call your denominational environment and your experiences that you have been using for an excuse. And I'm asking you today to focus directly upon what's written in the word of God. Because in John chapter 7 verse 37, this is what the Lord said. In that great day, that last day of the feast, Jesus stood Christ saying, if any man thirsts, not a type of thirst that we were talking about as a spiritual thirst. And he said, if any man thirsts, let him come. Come unto me and drink. And this is what he said. He that believeth on me, everybody says, as the scripture has said. This is where his focus is. He didn't say according to our denominational experiences. He didn't say according to our culture. He didn't say according to our ethnic background. He didn't say according to our environment. He didn't say according to our nation. He didn't say according to anything else. But he focuses our faith directly on the word of God. And here it is now. When you focus your faith upon the word of God, if you are in need of healing, healing is received. Oh, glory. If you're in need of deliverance, deliverance is received. If you're in need of victory, victory is received. Why? Because it's a promise in the word of God. So he focuses our attention directly upon the scripture. And this is what he said. If you believe on me, as it has said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Now, this is what's so powerful about that statement, that he removes every other aspect of doubt. He removes every excuse that you can think about. He removes every Every inhibition that you can think about. And he tells you strictly to focus upon my word. If you are in need of the Holy Ghost today, I'm challenging you today to focus directly upon the word of God and the promises that he has made to you. And you will walk out of here today with power in your life. So he helps us. He helps us to understand this. He focuses our faith upon the scripture. He gives us an expectation. He tells us that if you would believe, uh, this is what's going to happen to you if you believe. He does not tell you that it might happen. He does not tell you that it should happen. He does not tell you that it could happen. He tells us that if we focus upon this, this is the thing that's going to happen in our life. Uh, oh, come on, somebody. Hey, man, so in Mark chapter 16, this is what he said, and we're almost done. I told you we weren't going to be long, but I had to open 
obey God today because there is somebody that's about to walk out of here today filled, renewed with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, somebody, because God's promises is unto you. Glory to God. Hey, man, let me digress. This is station identification for just a second here. This is what's so powerful about the promises of God. Every promise that God has made us, every believer, when they receive the promises in the word of God, there was an expression of them receiving the promises of God. So every time the manifestation of God's promise was made evident in a person's life, automatically they begin to praise and to worship God. It is a direct characteristic of the expectation of the promises of God. Well, what do you mean by that, Brother Colbreth? This is what I mean, that when I have an expectation, I understand what's written in the word of God, automatically that promise becomes real to me. So by virtue of that promise being real, I automatically begin to give God some thankfulness. I automatically begin to give God some praise because I understand the promises that's written in his word. So here you are today, you and I in this environment, whether it's something right now that you understand to be a promise in the word of God and it's written in the word of God, here's what you got to do. If you are in need of healing right now, because healing is something we need manifested in our bodies, I want you right now to open up your mouth and begin to praise God for it. That's right. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Stop looking at your neighbor. Stop looking at your neighbor. But open up your mouth and begin to give God the praise. Hallelujah. Come on. That he is worthy of that he is worthy of. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So right now, if you have a financial need in your life and you recognize the truth of the promises of the word of God, and that is where your expectation lies, I want you to open up your mouth and begin to give God right now the praises that he's worthy of. Because that promise is about to be manifested. That promise is about to be received. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because it's just a praise away. It's just you beginning to open up your mouth, a praise away. The Bible tells us of the ten lepers that when they believed the word of God, the Bible does not tell us when they stood there and they looked at Jesus, it does not say that they stood there waiting on it to happen because Jesus said to go show yourself unto the priest. And the Bible tells us that as they went, as they begin to walk in that direction, what is that direction? That direction is expectation. That direction is faith being fulfilled. That direction is the word of God being manifested in your life. As they begin to walk in that direction, something was manifested in that body because it was a healing that they had believed God for. Hallelujah. So this is how this happens now. It happens because there is an expectation. Our expectation was created by what is written in the word of God. What's written in the word of God is a promise. What does that promise mean? It means that the word of God and the promise of God are immutable. It means that they do not change. He cannot lie. If he said it, it's going to happen. It shall come to pass. So if you are in need right now, I want you to stand with me in this house. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's about promise. 
It's about expectation, and it's about faith being fulfilled. Now, if you are in need of the Holy Ghost today, you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and I know that you're here. I know that you're here. You've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You don't have to wait till Pentecost Sunday. I want you to step out of that aisle right now where you are by faith with expectation. By faith with expectation. And I want you to make your way to this aisle right now. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. God is waiting on your faith. God is waiting on you. The Lord is waiting on you. That's right. That's right. Here we go. Come on. Give me some altar. Give me some sisters up here. Give me some. Hey, Baba, Baba, shut up. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. There are more. There are more. There are more. Come on right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Because enough is enough. I've been living without the promises of God long enough in my life. I've been living without with expectations long enough in my life. And now I'm needing the manifestation of the promises of God here today and right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, we need some altar workers right now. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, there are more. There are more. Come on. There are more. There are more. Come on. Don't even wait. Don't even wait. Don't even wait. Don't even wait. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before we begin to pray. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Before we begin to pray, this is what I want you to do. Let our hands be held up, sister. Let our hands be held up. God's up. Keep on worshiping. God's going to fill her right now. Come on. There, there are others. There are others that are in this audience right now. And you know God has promised you something. You know God has made that promise to you. There's no doubt about it. You see it in the word of God yourself. And you know it's something that God wants to give you. But here it is now. You've gotten comfortable with living with less. You've gotten comfortable with living, the le living with the less. So, so therefore, you're not pursuing the things of God the way that God wants you to receive them. You're not going after them right now. Now I'm going to challenge your leadership. Your friend, your sister, I'm going to challenge the leadership of the person right next to you. And this is what I want them to do. If that person next to you has not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and they know they haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But maybe they're afraid to come to this altar. We were talking, Brother Brandon Jordan is not here right now. But on the day of Pentecost, they were all sitting down. And I said, Brother Brandon, you know, why is it, man, that we make people come to the altar and stand up? When the Pentecost, they were sitting down. And Julian was sitting down when God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He was sitting down. There's some ways we are right there where he was. There, there's some things that we convey from a church culture perspective. Come on, but God is able to feel you right now, right there where you are here this morning. Hey, hey, hey. Ah. Ah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. If the person next to you I want everybody, and we're making everybody right now an altar worker. We're making you a minister of the word of the Lord right now. I want you to look at that person next to you, and I want you to ask them this. Have you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost the way that the Bible teaches us? I want you to ask them that question. Don't be afraid, Cole. Don't be afraid. Come on, look at your sister. <laughs> they looking at me. Look at your sister. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name, Jesus. Give me just a half a second before we kick it off because it's about to happen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, this is what I want you to do. Ivan, my brother, you're getting ready to receive the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, brother Ivan, you're getting ready to receive the Holy Ghost. This sister right here is about to receive the Holy Ghost. This sister over here is about to receive the Holy Ghost. Now, I got to ask you one more question. Did that person that you're standing next to, did they say yes or no? 
Raise your hand if they said no. Come on, don't be afraid. They said no, there's one right there. There's one right there. Come on, there's three more. Three more, one right there. They said no. Now, this council, I want you to listen. I want you to listen, because it's about to happen. Whoa. Glory to your name. It's about to happen. Hey, man, is it your mother, your grandmother needs the Holy Ghost? Or you need the Holy Ghost? Oh, hallelujah, my brother, it's about to happen for you. Don't you know how bad your dad is? Don't you know how bad your dad is? Jesus, he has made us a promise. Now I want you to listen. I want everybody to listen for just a second. Here's what we're going to do. Come on, many times what we have done, listen all to workers, listen all to workers. I want you to stop from praising right now. Everybody stop praising right now because this is what we've done. I want everybody, Brother Ivan, amen, Brother James, if you could, for just one second, just one second. We have always exercised impatience when ministering to people. As if God is gone when they lift their hands. As if God is gone when, when the music stops playing. As if God leaves that. No, he is still here. He is still here. You cannot rush a person through this process. Okay? Because you first have to ensure, do they believe? Do they believe? So I want you to ask the person that you're going to be praying with, do you believe that God can fill you with the Holy Ghost? I want you to talk to them. Ask them right now. Ask them right now. You in the altar, you in the pews. Hey, man, the person that you're praying with, hey, man, I want you to ask them right now. Do you believe that God can fill you with the Holy Ghost? Right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Nope, 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 nope. Nope, no praise. No praise. No worship right now. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, yeah, we're going to be in control right now. We're going to be in control right now. God's about to do it, but you've got to believe it. Just hold on for just a second. Now, I want you to ask them this next question because we oftentimes get in a hurry doing this, too. I want you to ask them this. Are you willing to repent of your sins? Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on. Now, did they say yes? Did they say yes? Just you got two that you're praying with right? Ooh, glory. You willing to repent? Come on, y'all both willing to look at it, man. Oh, yeah, we trust in God right now. Because this is about God. It ain't about me. Come on, somebody. My sister's praying with them. It's not about you. Come on, somebody. This, hey, hallelujah. It's about God right now. It's about God. And if they said they're willing to repent, every one of us in here right now, we're going to begin to pray a prayer of repentance in the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to understand something. Repentance means change. Repentance means that I'm turning around. Repentance means that I'm confessing my sins. Repentance means that I'm not going to cover them. I'm not going to make an excuse, but I'm going to turn away from them. That's what repentance means. Do you understand that? You all that are about to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, do you understand that? Because this is what the Lord is about to do for you right here, right now, in this very moment. So I want everybody to get her to stand if she can. We're not going to do that. Well and bail on the altar. We're going to stand. We're going to pray by, by prayer and repentance, by faith and repentance. Come on, get her to stand up. Get her to stand up. God's about to do it for when somebody lays at the altar. You can't tell if they're speaking in tongues. Get them to stand up. You can't tell if they're, get them to stand up. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because when we repent, we need to know that you are repenting. Because our faith right now is tied into what your expectation is. Oh, hallelujah. So now everybody, everybody in this house right now, we're going to repent. In the name of Jesus, open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. Come on, pray with them repentance. In the name of Jesus, now begin to minister. Now begin to minister. God's about to do this for you, my sister. You listen to me. God's about to do this for you. Hallelujah. Pray and repentance. Come on, Father, forgive me of my sins. 
forgive me of my transgressions. Forgive me, Lord God, of falling short. Forgive me of lying. Forgive me of cheating. Forgive me of backbiting. Forgive me of table bearing. Forgive me of drinking alcohol. Forgive me, Lord, right now. Hallelujah. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's right. Come on, right now. In the name of Jesus. I pray, God, a prayer of repentance. I pray right now, Lord, that you would forgive me. I pray right now, God, that you would cleanse me. Father, that you would forgive me of all unrighteousness. I pray right now, Lord God, I give you my heart and everything that is in it. I want you to know, God, come on, we're, we're repenting. Come on, we're repenting right now. Hey, 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 come on. We're repenting right now. Hallelujah. We're repenting right now. Come on, we're repenting right now. We're repenting right now. We're repenting right now. Come on, don't rush it. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. Lord, I'm sorry. Don't rush it. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I want you to forgive me. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm changing. I give you, oh God. I give you, God, everything I've been doing wrong. I give it to you, Lord. Now, hallelujah. This is what I want you to do. I want you to do this right now. Everybody who, who, who's about to receive the Holy Ghost, this is what I want you to do. The very next thing you're going to do is you're going to lift your hands, and immediately after you lift your hands, I'm telling you right now, the Holy Ghost is going to fall upon you. Hear me. Hey, hear me. The Holy Ghost is about to fall upon you. God's about to feel you. God's about to feel her right there. Hey. Hallelujah. Now, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is what's going to happen. I want you to listen for just a second. I want you to listen for just a second. For just a second. When you lift your hands, listen to me. When you lift your hands, hallelujah is the highest praise that you can give unto God. Hallelujah means, Lord, I'm giving all of who I am unto you. Hallelujah is the highest praise that you give unto God. You may be praising God, but hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. You're not going to be going, Jesus, 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 as if you're going to accidentally fall on the Holy Ghost. It's not going to happen like that. But your praise is going to bring power in your life. Hear me? Your praise is about to bring power in your life. Now listen, in three seconds, this is what I want you to do. I want everybody in three seconds to lift up your hands. And you that are praying with those that are about to receive the Holy Ghost, I want you to say, focus up on them. I want you to look. Hear me, altar workers, and I want you to listen. I want you to look, and I want you to listen. God's power is about to be manifested in their lives. I want you to look, and I want you to listen, because the Holy Ghost is about to be manifested. Are you ready for this? On the count of three, I want everybody to lift their hands and begin to worship God with the greatest hallelujah that you could ever give God. Come on. One, two, three. Lift your voices right now. Hallelujah. Hey, come on, there you go. Hey. That's right. Look and listen. Look and listen. Look and listen. Come on. We got one speaking in tongues over here already. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. One already. Come on in the name. Come on in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Declare it unto him. Declare it unto him. 